for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I am senior writer Jake Kokorowski. We have editor, recruiting analyst John McNamara on the line here in the Vivid Seats studio. And, of course, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First-time customers only. It is Axe Week. It is a big time for Wisconsin and Minnesota. 2.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff on ABC all for the chance to represent the Big Ten West against Ohio State in two Saturdays from now. Not just Paul Bunyan's axe on the line. And to help us, we're going to go straight into it, into this uh, discussion. Joining us now from the Gopher Report, our rivals, cousins who cover Minnesota athletics. We are really, really happy to have on today Matt Jessen Howard. Matt, how are you? And first question, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side and why is it not stuffing? My favorite Thanksgiving side? Yes. Um, uh, I, I got to go with uh, cranberry sauce. Cranberry is a, is a nice, uh, nice, sweet side to go with, with turkey and a lot of um, salty Thanksgiving food. Um, th- thanks for having me on, Jake and John. Happy, happy, happy to be with you guys. <laughs> so Wisconsin, Minnesota, teams, ten, you know, Minnesota's 10-1, and 7-1 in the Big Ten. Wisconsin's nine and two, six and two in the you know in the conference play, number nine versus number thirteen, so much at at stake. Not just Paul Bunyan's axe, Matt. What is the energy and the atmosphere up in the Twin Cities on that Minnesota campus heading into what is a huge matchup, even with College Game Day coming to campus? Yeah, um, I mean, even if Game Day were not on campus, this has been. Uh, a great season for Minnesota and Minnesota fans. Um, the team set viewership records locally. Um, attendance is up, um, especially after the Penn State win. And even before it, I think fan interest was at an all-time high. Uh, campus is really buzzing. Minneapolis, of course, is a pretty crowded market. Um, being kind of a pro sports town, there's a lot of uh, a lot of different teams that fans can root for, but I think a season like this really has everyone interested um, from the diehard fans to, to alums to uh, folks who might not even originally be from Minnesota, but, but are now living in the area. And, you know, Matt, even going back to last year, um, how big was that win uh, for, for the Minnesota program to, to go into Camp Randall and beat Wisconsin? Um, obviously it was, I think pretty close to a, a shocking loss to Wisconsin, but, you know, what did it do for, you know, PJ Fleck and his momentum and, you know, obviously, you know, what the team has been able to do this season, how big was the win last year at Camp Randall? Yeah, that, that was huge. I think probably Fleck's biggest win up to that date. Now I think I'd put the Penn State win this season above that, but that, that was huge. I mean, if, if you remember the season before Fleck took over, Tracy Clay's won nine games and Fleck is a, kind of a, a total change as a, as a head coach when he comes. Very different culture, very different personality. Lots of things change. They won uh, five games in year one. Year two um, was looking like they may or may not go to a bowl game. So 
I, I don't Fleck did not have kind of the the approval rating among fans that he did now until they beat Wisconsin, uh, and I, I think that's when he he got a lot of buying kind of from um, from across the, the the state and the fan base. They went on to beat uh, Georgia Tech in the bowl game. Um, wins like that help with recruiting. I mean, that was that was an enormous victory. Um, probably the, the second biggest of, of the last two years behind the, the Penn State victory. And then, you know, with that, uh, you know, his name is going to be, you know, PJ Flex name is going to be brought up with a lot of jobs that open up just because of the success that he's had. Uh, you know, he's been mentioned with Florida State. I know that he signed a new contract, but, you know, what's the pulse like in Minnesota as far as, you know, PJ Flex going to be here for, for a good amount of time and he's going to kind of see this whole thing through? Yeah, um, I, I think I think that PJ will 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 stay around um, a while. Uh, he, I mean, he he, he just signed a contract, um, or excuse me, signed signed an extension, um, ten million dollar buyout. I imagine he's going to keep getting extensions after every year with an increased buyout um, to make it harder for teams to pull on. Fleck wants to be in the Midwest. Uh, that's what, I mean, we were hearing even when Tracy Clays was the head coach and PJ Fleck was kind of this up and comer, um, was that Fleck wanted to stay in the Midwest, um, has always been kind of a Midwest guy, even though he coached on the, on the East coast for a while. Um, he has a family, he, he likes the area. Uh, I, I, I think Gopher fans at, at the moment, uh, believe it or not, are not, not too worried about, about Fleck taking off. We, the big matchup appears to be Wisconsin's defensive backs taking on Minnesota's wide receivers, 2,000 yard players in Rashad Bateman. You have Tyler Johnson, both to me look NFL bound in terms of their capabilities and their, and just what they could bring on Sundays. But, it, you know, in your eyes, what has made not just the, the receiving game, but Tanner Morgan, who passes for, is passing for nearly oh. 2,700 yards. Uh, in 26 touchdowns, and then on top of that, a thousand-yard rusher in Rodney Smith. How are you know what is making this offense churn so well that it's averaging 35 points per game? Yeah, I think this is the most talented Minnesota offense in a very, very, very long time. Um, kind of as, as you were saying, Tanner Morgan is his pass his passing efficiency has been as good as anyone in 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 the in the country um or or uh has some great rushers Tyler Bateman excuse me Tyler Johnson Rashad Bateman Chris Hopman Bell are probably the best three Minnesota receivers since Eric Decker um Bateman and Johnson are for sure going to the NFL um Bateman's only a sophomore so he's not going to leave this year Ottman Bell, I think, is going to have a chance to play on Sundays as well. Um, Rodney Smith uh, has been at Minnesota since forever, um, as has Shannon Brooks, both are playmakers. Um, Smith, probably an all Big Ten type of runner. Uh, Mo, Mo Ibrahim um, ran for 1,100, 1,200 yards last season. Uh, so Minnesota really has quite a bit of experience and talent, I think, at the skill positions. On the offensive line, um, they returned three uh, three all the ten honorable mention linemen this season. I, I, I think the the line has kind of been inconsistent though at times. Um, started off the season, I thought line got beat 
in all three of those those non-conference games. And then first four or five uh, Big Ten games, I thought the line won at the line of scrimmage. Um, and then Penn State and Iowa, maybe not against uh, their talented front. Um, but the, the, the line has some pieces as well. I think consistency has been a little bit of an issue, but really I, the, the talent at the skill positions has allowed them to be uh, really balanced and they're able to take advantage take advantage of that uh, through Kirk Shiraka system. So you're going to see a lot of RPOs uh, from, from Minnesota. Um, they're primarily an inside zone team, have done more outside zone this year. Um, you'll see a lot of dig routes, a lot of slams uh, to Bateman and, and Johnson over the middle. Um, and then in the second half, uh, a lot of sluggos to try and take the, take the top off the defense um, after they've seen kind of so many slams. Um, and, and really the, the balance and talent, both at running back and receiver, allows the, the, the RPO game to be effective. Minnesota has a, a pretty good senior class. I think 13 uh, are going to be honored before the game, and they're going to uh, you know graduate at the end of this year. And then you talked about a few guys potentially going to the NFL. Is there a feeling that Minnesota needs to – you know, obviously they have capitalized on this season, but is there a feeling they, that this is, you know, a, a – a really good opportunity for them to, to, you know, not only go to the big 10 uh, title game, but maybe do some stuff beyond that just because of the makeup of this roster and the talent that they do have right now. Um, I, I don't necessarily think so. Uh, there's going to be nine returning starters on offense next season. I mean, it, it's certainly a, a really talented team class. A lot of, not all, but a lot of their best players are, are seniors. Um, but they'll return nine starters on offense next season. Um, defensively, uh, they'll return um, five or six, depending on who you kind of classify as a starter. They, they rotate quite a bit, and depending on if uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. leaves for, for the NFL, which I, I think he's, prob- he's probably likely to. So I, I think that there, there's going to be talent back next year. The, the two deeps have played – relatively well this season um or, or at least the guys that are rotating in uh that, that are rotating in consistently um so i i don't i don't think that there's kind of a this year or bust mentality now looking at the defensive side of the ball matt when you have a defense that has not allowed 200 rushing yards to an opponent this year in a single contest uh what has made that unit you know be so promising and only allowing 21 points per game and who could give Wisconsin fits on Saturday? Well, I think the defense has, has a lot of experience. So back in, I mean, there are a handful of contributors from the 2016 team when Minnesota, um, when Minnesota had, I think probably a top 20, maybe a top 15 defense under Tracy Clays and Jay Stavel. And some of those guys like Keandre Thomas have actually been passed up. Uh, so defense has a lot of experience, um, pretty talented. Uh, front four was probably the, the biggest question mark going into the season among any position group on the team. Um, and similar to the offensive line, I think that they got outplayed uh, in all three non-conference games. And then, but it really improved uh, drastically throughout the season. Um, started Big Ten play, I thought they won at the line every single game. Um, and I think they they've won at the line probably every single game other than other than Iowa. Um, 
So uh, the the front four has improved quite a bit. Linebacker play has been has been good. Um, Kamal Martin, uh, who, who will probably play in the NFL, um, has been hurt uh, off and on, or not off and on, but he, he's been hurt, came back. Um, so I think his health uh, will be will be uh, worth watching. Um, and then secondary play has been phenomenal. Um, uh, the, the the secondary is six six guys who I would say have considerable starting experience. Um, including Antoine Winfield Jr., who's probably going to be a, a first-team All-American at, at at safety. And you know, I, I to foreshadow this, I think Minnesota is going to win on Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, when from a, a Minnesota perspective, I, I guess what worries uh, you know maybe the coaching staff in Minnesota. What what do the Gophers have to worry about in terms of you know what Wisconsin can bring outside of you know obviously Jonathan Taylor and the and the running attack at, at UW. I think that this is going to be the best pass defense that, that Minnesota has played. Um, Iowa had a great pass defense too. Penn State had a had a good pass defense, but what makes their defense so good is kind of their front seven and the run game. Um, if weather conditions aren't good, uh, I'm I'm not sure if Minnesota is going to be able to pass the ball as effectively as as they would like. Kind of. Um, the, the the Gophers' approach offensively this year has been to run the ball. Even though the passing game has been significantly more effective, Kirk Scirocco wants to establish the run. Um, and they're, I think there's something like fourth in the power five in run play percentage, um, even though they're kind of middle of the pack in terms of effectiveness, whereas passing the ball, they're as good as almost anyone in the country. And um, if Minnesota if, – if the, the, the weather plays a role or Johnson and Bateman aren't getting as much separation as they're used to. Um, I mean, I, I think Johnson and Bateman are, and not me Bell are going to kind of make plays no matter what, but if they're not, I mean, if they're not as, as, as good as normal against the strong Wisconsin secondary and the weather plays a role um, and Minnesota is going to kind of establish the run regardless, because that's just kind of what they've done this year, even when playing top run defenses, uh, I guess I would, that the the margin for error is much smaller offensively. So that would be kind of the, the receivers against the secondary would be kind of my biggest concern um, if, if I were if I were the Minnesota staff. Last question for you before I let you go, Matt. What is yep. your game prediction and why? Yeah, um, I think I'm going to say Minnesota 24-21. Uh, um, but I, I'll be honest with you, I, I really would not be surprised if Wisconsin won. I had almost considered uh, flipping the scores uh, right right before you called. I haven't made my prediction yet on, on, on my site. Um, I think weather w- will certainly be something to watch. Um, Minnesota's passed the ball effectively in the cold before. So I, I don't, I mean, it's maybe not as big of a deal as, as I'm making it sound, but um I, I, I think Wisconsin's objectively a, a really good team. Um, um, the, the Gophers certainly are as well, uh, but it's it's going to be it's going to be a really good game. Um, I think the Badgers match up reasonably well with with Minnesota's strength, with that strong secondary. Um, Jonathan Taylor and, and and the run game have been really good. Um, um, the the Gopher front seven is is kind of returning back from some injuries. Uh, I, I, I could I, I could really see the game going either way. <clears throat> Matt, we appreciate you coming on the show. 
What can you tell fans and those that subscribe to Rivals and, you know, on Badger Blitz or the Gopher Report, what coverage you guys have going in to the holiday weekend? Yeah. Um, so uh, today we're going to be dumping a, a bunch of coverage. Um, some access and out breakdown uh, from the Northwestern game, uh, scouting a notebook from Mark Schofield on uh, Wisconsin, um, uh, look at the numbers and, and advanced stats for uh, Saturday's game against Wisconsin. Uh, so similar to Badger Blitz, lots, lots of lots of pregame uh, coverage. Excellent. Well, I will see you up in the Twin Cities, weather pending. Uh, I plan on driving up there on Friday. Looking forward to okay. seeing you in the uh, press box and getting some Dairy Queen up there, man. Oh, yeah. Safe, safe, safe travels. And a big thanks to Matt for jumping on the show. And, of course, make sure you check out the Gopher Report, minnesota.rivals.com. All great info leading up there. And, of course, you can find him on Twitter at M Jessen, J-E-S-S-E-N, Howard. And, again, a great follow and a great site to cover all things. Get ready for Wisconsin, Minnesota. And, you know, we're going to talk. I had a conversation with Kendrick Pryor earlier this week during player availability. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But let's break down, and, and Matt broke down a few things for us, too. Let's get to preliminary status report we recorded on Wednesday. Cole Van Lannen left tackle, still questionable with a head injury. Fayon Hicks, cornerback who left the game against Purdue, questionable with a head injury. Uh, court, you know, and we'll see what if they're able to do, you know, based off of conversations with the coordinators yesterday, we still don't know if they will play or not. So stay tuned for that. But get to the keys of the game, John. We like I said, we talked with Matt for offense. What is your key for Wisconsin to get the win and to head to Indianapolis? Yeah, you know, it It sounds cliche and you sound like you, you say that every week, but, you know, you're, you're going to need your best players to play their, their best football. And that for Wisconsin starts with Jonathan Taylor. I think you're encouraged by the way the offensive line has been playing. Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit off the air. You know, e- even if Cole Van Landon isn't able to go, and obviously you, you definitely like him at, at left tackle. Um, but Tyler Beach played pretty well last week against Purdue. So I think it starts up front. And I also think it's, you know, with that, uh, it's, it's giving Jack Cohn some some time to, to throw the football around. Um, but again, you, you could say each and every week, but I, I just think, you know, you big time players make big time plays in big time games. And that starts with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and Wisconsin is going to need a big performance from him uh, if they're going to come out on top against Minnesota, I think. Absolutely. And last week, 403 yards rushing for Wisconsin against Purdue. And then you have as well, Jonathan Taylor going over 300 yards or 200 yards, all three games after the second bye week. I think that's a key, but you know, and we, to, for Wisconsin, I feel that's ad nauseum uh, and talking about cliches. I feel that's the same way when you talk about the Wisconsin run game and success uh, during a, a matchup like this, but I'm going to go to, uh, this is another, a third cliche turnovers last week against Purdue. They had four, you know, five fumbles, three were lost, plus that Jack Cohn interception in the second half. It, this team against Minnesota with an offense as potent as that, they cannot give the Gophers additional opportunities to put points on the board or, or just momentum swings inside TCF Bank Stadium. Despite the weather, and we'll talk about the weather in just a few minutes, but really this is going to be a game where it's going to be close. 
I think Minnesota could win by three scores if they, a couple turnovers happen. I think Wisconsin can win by one or two scores, uh, you know, if they get the ground game going. It, it's one of those games where I feel like it could go both ways in, in significant manners. In, in my line, though, turnovers, they can't have those fumbles on, on a wildcat look. They can't have fumbles on a jet sweep like you saw with Danny Davis last week uh, against Illinois in the fourth quarter, especially back in October. And I always go back to that game because basically that, that game, if Wisconsin wins, it might cost them a Rose Bowl in my eyes. But you had a Jonathan Taylor fumble in the red zone. And then you had a Jack Cohn interception on that last drive that eventually led to the game-winning field goal for the Fighting Illini. So I'm going turnovers. You can't turn it up, can't cough it up despite the conditions, despite the weather. Hold on to the ball. Uh, and I think they have the line. And again, Minnesota has not faced a rushing attack like the go, you know, like the Badgers have utilized lately. 14th in the nation on the ground right now, averaging over 250 yards per contest. Uh, just hold on to the ball, and I think Wisconsin may be in good shape offensively. Don, uh, John, defensively, what should, what does Wisconsin need to do to contain this potent attack for PJ Fleck and company? Yeah, you know, just looking at the game notes, they average uh, Minnesota does 35.9 points per game. Um, you know, that's that's a big chunk of points. I don't know if Wisconsin can get in a, a shootout with, with Minnesota. But at the same time, you know, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but maybe the weather plays a factor there. Um, and, you know, it was interesting when Matt was talking – um, you know, he said that, you know, Minnesota is, is going to look to establish the run and, the, and they've been looking to do that all season. I guess from my point of view, you know, watching Minnesota, you know, far less than Matt does, obviously, is that, you know, they're going to pass the ball against Wisconsin. I think they'll have a lot of success doing that. You know, this is going to be the best, you know, core of receivers that Wisconsin has faced all season long. Um, and, you know, if I was Minnesota and, you know, the conditions are right, I would sit back in, in, in the pocket and try to just dice up Wisconsin secondary I think that's where they have an advantage. Uh, you know, you don't know if Fan Hicks is going to play. I just think that Minnesota's biggest advantage is their receiver receivers against Wisconsin's cornerbacks. So, I mean, you're going to need a great a great performance from that back end. You know, cornerbacks and safeties from Wisconsin, and then you know guys like Zach Bond, Chris Orr, they're going to have to get to the quarterback as well um, because if Tanner Morgan's got time to sit back in the pocket, I, I think he can dice up Wisconsin's secondary. Yeah, I, I think with the conditions that it could be, and, I, and the the key matchup really in my eyes is Wisconsin's receivers versus the defensive backs. But if was, but if, I'll go on the flip side in terms of my key. You mentioned about them trying to run the ball, and Matt mentioned that they have three running backs: Rodney Smith, uh, you, know, you know, leading that leading the charge, thousand sixty three yards and over five yards per touch, and then the two backups already have a combined eight hundred and eleven yards on the season, they're averaging over 180 on the ground. I think with the conditions at hand, what it could be in forecast right now, calling for you have with the weather three to five inches, according to weather.com on Friday night, and then rain, snow mix during the day. I think they said a hundred percent chance. Uh, when I checked this morning on Wednesday morning, they said one to three inches possible. And then snow is supposed to linger at the nighttime before dissipating overnight. You're looking right now at conditions that, you know, this is going to be, you know, a ground game and I'm looking at missed tackles and, you know, uh, Chris Orr mentioned during player availability on Monday, they are looking at, it's a vertical running team and Jim Leonard praised them yesterday. Looking at uh big thanks again to Colton Bartholomew 
from the Wisconsin State Journal for giving me a couple of quotes when I had to run out to take my kids to school uh, when, when interviews are running a little late. But, uh, you know, Jim Leonard praised that running attack too. They need to wrap up. They need to contain that, uh, especially with those conditions. Wrap up. Can't have those missed tackles that you've seen against Purdue, that you saw against Nebraska, that you saw against Illinois, uh, especially against those type of spread out teams. Uh, we've already kind of kind of already talked about it, but John, with the elements, just, you know, we, we talked about the snow possibilities. Matt even brought it up. How much do you think that's going to factor into the game and how much of it could be an advantage for Wisconsin? You know, I do think it, it's an advantage for Wisconsin, but at the same time, you know, you were looking at the kick time for Ohio State a couple of weeks ago, and I said, hey, you know, it's it's really fortunate that Wisconsin doesn't have to play at night against Ohio State, and, you know, that that really didn't factor in much. But I, I do think that, you know, if if it's if it's snowing and it's sleeting and it's raining and, it's, you know, the, the, the conditions aren't, aren't ideal, you know, Wisconsin's running game, you would think that would have an advantage there. But like you talked about, Jake, uh, Minnesota can run the football too. So I, I guess slight advantage Wisconsin, but uh, you know, I don't think it's anything that's going to change, uh, you know, uh, make a big sway in the way people feel how this game is going to be decided. Are you surprised by the way that Wisconsin, I looked at the action network just a couple minutes ago before we, we kicked off the podcast. Wisconsin's a three point favorite. Are you surprised by that? Yes. Uh, that's actually news to me. I didn't, I did not know Wisconsin was a three point favorite. Uh, I did. I, I guess I assumed at the start of the week, they were, they were uh, chasing some points, but yeah, I, I don't, that is, that is surprising to me. I might have to uh, make a phone call after, after this podcast to my bookie. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Basically yeah, they're saying three point, like what all of them are ranging between 2.5 to three points on that. Uh, and according to the action network for that matter, 52 of the 52% of the bets are coming for Wisconsin. So, um, you know, it should be interesting with this game just because uh, I talked to Rashad wild goose yesterday and, he, you know, basically you'll see this in the first and 10 article that I'll have up on Thanksgiving, just talking about the energy. Like there was some energy yesterday during practice uh, and whatnot. And we'll describe more about that in terms of how essentially, you know, I mean, there's some energy there. Jim Leonard, again, big thanks to Colton for sending me these quotes um, from the Wisconsin state journal had meant, you know, Jim Leonard talked about them having a good practice yesterday uh, and, and whatnot. And he thought the energy was really high and the focus was there. And you've, you've heard that from this team this week where, you know, Chris Orr talked about focus. Uh, Joe Rudolph, if I'm not mistaken, talked about focus. Garrett Rand, when I talked to him, talking about what the offensive line for Minnesota could bring, you know, talking about focusing in. And if Wisconsin can do that, this team can beat Minnesota. It's just a matter of th- there are some flaws right now that are considerable in terms of missed tackles the secondary allowing some big plays on, on, on not even contested passes, but you remember last year where Tyler Johnson ate up Wisconsin secondary in terms of making those slant patterns where you knew it was coming and they couldn't stop it. So uh, there are some flaws there on that hand, you know, was, I, there's some intangibles. We'll get the game predictions in a second uh, after. Uh, yeah, we'll do that after the break, John, but in my opinion though, I, I just, there's an energy there that, uh, you know, they're focused. They're not letting it get too big for them. But I think there's a lot of motivation in getting the axe back, but also what could be ahead with, I think a new year's six bowl is on the line for Wisconsin this week. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I, I've said a few times, I think Minnesota is going to win. I, I, I still feel this way after what, 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes on here. I, Wisconsin can absolutely go in there and, and win this football game. Uh, but you know, like you talked about the missed tackles, uh, you know, Minnesota's wide receivers, 
uh, you know, the, the momentum of playing at home. Uh, I just, I, I think this game just favors Minnesota, but again, you know, w- Wisconsin, they can absolutely go into Minnesota and win this game. Um, and, you know, potentially put in themselves in a position, like you said, to maybe play in the Rose bowl then uh, in, in a couple weeks. So I, I think it's gonna be a great game. I, I just think Minnesota comes out on top. Now let's get to our conversation with Kendrick Pryor. Talked to him on Monday, talked about the jet sweeps, what he's thankful for during this time of year and so much more. Here he is on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. We're here with Kendrick Pryor, and Kendrick, it's a, it's a big week. It's Axe week. What does this rivalry mean to you going into this is your fourth year as a Badger? Um, you can count them. So when you first get here, your freshman year, you can just kind of tell just when it comes to this week, just the different is a little bit different. Um, you know, now, like, we have that no switch where we – like for us now, like we have this thing, the no switch thing where no matter who we're playing, we're always going to keep the switch on. But you know, like just when you come, when it comes to this week, everything's just a little bit more different, like more up tempo. Things are like people are more focused, more locked in because they just know the meaning behind this game coming up. Just um, being, I think, isn't it the longest rivalry in college for just being that? You know, I think I heard like the record's tied too. I think the record's tied up. You know, it's just kind of. Just like people for us, I mean, a lot of outside noise just hyping it up because just being the game it is. But you know, it's just kind of us for us. Like I said, you come in as a freshman, you just get the kind of get the vibe of just how big this game is, and how much it means to me, how much it means to like the people on the team, you know, culture. Just because like this rivalry's been so long, and you know, it's kind of two programs that like what you say don't like each other. Just kind of just the rivalry being so long, just not necessarily don't like it. You know, it's just a a big rivalry between these two schools, you know, just kind of when you step on that field, you, you want to try to just dominate the other, the other team, the team across from you. I was say, have you know, it's only Monday, but have you noticed a difference in either focus or energy or anything going into this weekend? Um, you know, just kind of a bitter taste left in, uh, a bitter taste left in our mouth, just, you know, the way things didn't finish out the way we wanted to last year. Uh, so, you know, people... You know, it's just not a lot, but you don't have time. People have to be more focused, not more focused, but, you know, like I said, it's just a different kind of, you know, with the messages we got, maybe you can kind of tell, but I know, like, we know practice, these next two practices we have need to be great practices for us. You know, everyone needs to be locked in um, and focused. No one needs to be goofing off just because, you know, it's just this week is just so, it's different. And then kind of the way things happened last year, don't want that to happen again this year. What's... What are the, not to bring back harsh memories, but what are the memories that you have from that game post-game in the locker room, seeing Minnesota with, with the axe chomping down the goalposts? Um, you know, it's just, you, um, we lost. We lost the game, you know, it just, it sucks losing and just losing that type of game and just losing when there's something behind it with the axe. Just losing, it was a sick, you know, shocking feeling. Just can't believe in that we did that. And then just kind of making sure this year, we try not to let that happen again. You know, just go out there, have two good practices Tuesday and Wednesday. You know, Thursday finish up, Thursday and Friday finish up, and pair and then Saturday. Then when we step on that field, you know, we just have to take care of business. Going back to the last week's game, obviously you had 56 yards rushing, including that 49 yard jet sweep, uh, and then four catches for season high 47 yards. Uh, looking at the running side of the game, what did you see on that 49-yard run? You went into motion to the right or to the left, and then you came back right on the handoff. Um, you know, it's just kind of different motion. Try to throw, uh, throw teams off. 
Uh, once I got it, um, I seen my line, the O line. You know, they out there doing the thing, coming around, pulling for me, and then. Kind of once I saw them get their blocks, thank, thankful for them getting their blocks, and I kind of just read off them, cut back, and then after that, it was just kind of me and uh, just me hitting the sideline and just trying to step on the dude, and then kind of just going to, after I tried to step on him, even getting a couple more yards after that. But really, just kind of, you know, seeing my O line kick out the corner, I think it was the corner, or kick out whoever they're supposed to get, and then just me cutting behind them and just kind of just making a play when I got the ball. Making, a, making the best of my opportunity when I got the ball in my hand. When it, obviously, every block is key, but when you're coming around the edge, which are the key ones? I know it depends on different personnel, and you guys have run out of different yeah. personnel each, you know, for these jet sweeps, mm -hmm. but what are the kind of the dominant or the important blocks that you're seeing that you need to make reads and cuts on? Um, I Well, my job is not as, much, as hard as a running back, you know, where they got a, a lot more reading. Mine's just, mine's just pretty simple, you know, if, I just you know if he's kicking the guy out and cut behind him, or if he's like blocking him and trying to hold him off for me to get the edge, I'm gonna bounce it to the outside. So mine's just not really that. He's just kind of reading off if they kick out, if they kick the guys out, I'm gonna cut behind them, or if like I said, if they're blocking the man, I'm gonna try to hit bounce on the outside. You know, for me, like I said, it's not as hard as you know JT. They gotta do more, a lot more. Mine's just kind of simple. You know, supposed to hit outside, but if they kick him out, you're looking for the cutback. But if not, you know, still just try to hit the edge and get a feel. Uh, so with the Jets sweeps, we talked about the different personnel groups. Just uh, what does, in your eyes, what does that make the defense have to prepare for where you're running it out of 21 personnel, out of 11, out of uh, like a pseudo 13 with, I think, Caden Lyles was there and you were in motion once. Uh, how does that make defenses have to try to prepare through different looks? Um, you know, just teams got to play us differently. Um, just us being more versatile, just having to respect the, anytime we go in motion, just having the, make people think no matter what formation in, there's possibly could be a jet coming. And then just keep people keeps um defenses on the hills, you know, make them make may play stuff differently and that opens up other things in our offense. So it's kinda just, you know, to keep you no know, to keep the defense on the hills, you know, just making sure because we kinda do stuff off of that, you know, depending on how they play to the motions or the fakes and stuff, then you know we kinda coach Chris does the thing, you know, or Coach Rudy you know, go back, kind of see what they're doing, and you know, get ready, get our game plan like for the next drive. Kind of what things we can run based off of what they did on like the previous drive. My last question for you: It's Thanksgiving week. What are you thankful for? A lot, man. Uh, you know, my parents first and foremost. You know, just for them getting me, getting me here. You know, just them taking when I was younger, taking me to um, practice. You know, my dad just taking me, just going out of town to all the tournaments, basketball, football, whatever. Just them being there for me throughout my whole athletic career. Just not just them, like my whole family. And uh, really thankful for the mo when I got in the moped accident uh, a couple like two years ago. Two years ago, just that you know, just that really, just knowing like things could be taken away from you so quickly just you know luckily I didn't like I mean I messed my face up but I really didn't like injure anything I didn't br break anything like I mean I had like some fractures but I didn't like you know break an arm break a leg or like something worse could happen so just being thankful to make it out of that you know just being um like I said things could be taken to kind of just seeing the whole cute situation just like you know you just got don't take anything for granted you know for me like I never thought 
never thought that I would like to be on. I think just going to pick up some food and never thought on the way back home I would crash and miss half the season, or uh, close to half the season. My uh, in 2017, so just you know, not taking things for granted. So that's kind of what I'm thankful for. Folks, coming up this week, obviously Wisconsin, Minnesota. This is all after Thanksgiving week, where I know I'm going to be stuffing my face on Thursday. I got a couple workouts coming in just to make sure that I uh, equalize those caloric intakes coming up. But if you're going to make the trip up there, I know a lot of people have family up near the Gopher State. Uh, make sure if you're going to want to go to the game that you have your seat for the game with Vivid Seats. And Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called Vivid Seats Rewards. And go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program, and every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. And from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. We're back on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Thanks for making it through so so much so far and a lot of great discussion and thanks for letting us uh pay the bills with those ads you just listened to a couple minutes ago now it's time for some quick basketball breakdowns uh real quick we're not going to dig into it too much uh because of just time restrictions we got holiday stuff coming up on both our ends but going into the legends classic in brooklyn this week Riding high, four and one Wisconsin Badgers brought back down to earth. And I don't, I don't know if it's a significant manner, but uh, just a, a lot of areas exposed in two losses one to Richmond in the opening round, and then in the consolation game, you know, combining the score 102 points in two contests. John, you know, I, I mentioned in some of my observation posts the past two days since we weren't able to make it out to Brooklyn to the New York area, but it, it you know, through your eyes, what went wrong for Greg Gard and company? Uh, you know, the past two contests. Yeah, it, it was, you know, I, I guess the loss to Richmond wasn't as bad in my eyes, but I think the loss to New Mexico is maybe as, as poor of basketball as I've seen from Wisconsin team in, you know, 15 years or so. I mean, that was that was just an ugly game start to finish. You know, it, it starts with, you know, shooting or, or lack thereof. It's, you know, it, it starts with turnovers. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, there's there's just – it's it's odd, you know. You felt pretty good about Wisconsin after after they beat Marquette. Um, you know, I think that got you pretty optimistic about you know knocking off these last couple of games before Micah Potter gets back, and you, know, you felt good about going into Brooklyn. And then you know to to put a performance like that, you know, there's a lot of the uh, the naysayers come back out of the woodwork, and you know some would say right rightfully so. Uh, it just when they're not connecting on shots, and I'm sure this goes for a lot of teams in college basketball. And they just look lost offensively, and the turnovers are are just inexcusable. I mean, it's just not characteristic of of the basketball that used to be seen uh, from Wisconsin for years and years and years now. So, yeah, it was it was a bad two game showing for the Badgers. Um, again, I I think that a lot of people are still, you know, withholding judgment until Micah Potter gets back after his his tenth game. Um, I think that's going to be you know provide some much re- relief. Uh, you know, you saw Nate Reavers kind of get gassed at the end of the first game, and then, you know, he has to play a ton in the second game against New Mexico as well. Um, but, you know, 
Michael Potter coming back isn't going to solve uh, the outside shooting roles that, that, that this team definitely has right now. This team's hot and cold, right? Where you saw against, you know, certain teams where they light it up from three and they've boasted having three scores, you know, or having five players on the court that can shoot. But last, you know, yesterday, two of 29 from three point range. And you have guys like Pritzel, Trice and Brad Davidson combined for two of 19. And, you know, Nate Reavers, and maybe a bright spot here. Nate Reavers stepped up leading scorer in both games. But, you know, he found foul trouble in yesterday's game against New Mexico and in fouls out with over two minutes left to play. Uh, on top of that, you mentioned turnovers. They had more turnovers, 10, uh, than they had baskets, seven, uh, in terms of the field goals yesterday in that first 20, in those first 20 minutes. But then on top of that, too, uh, you know, it this team just looked out of sync. Uh, the variety of scoring that you saw uh, – in two games against Marquette and Green Bay where they had six players and double figures, which is what we all thought needed to happen. And we thought maybe this is a sign of that. It's going to continue to build upon uh, obviously when progression progression isn't linear and each opponent is different, but uh, they need to figure out scoring and who's going to step up and they need more than just two people to step up uh, in double figures. Like you saw against Richmond with Reavers and, and Kobe in terms of scoring. So uh, we'll see what happens. They have some time now to rest up before the big 10 ACC challenge when they head out to rally to take on NC state next week. But we also know too uh, for Badgers and um, you know, Badgers, they just announced earlier today that for next year, and I think I'm going to try to get down for this, because it's in my old hometown uh, of Fort Myers, they are going to participate in the Fort Myers tip-off, the 2020 Fort Myers tip-off. Uh, they're joining Butler, Colorado, South Florida, and that's going to take place November 23rd and 25th of 2020 inside the Suncoast Credit Union Arena in Fort Myers. So, of course, you know, uh, great time to get away if you're looking to go south with potential, potential weather, but just a quick announcement there from UW. Uh, John, uh, let's get to the game predictions. Let's go back to Wisconsin, Minnesota. Uh, game prediction in terms of, I know you mentioned that you think Minnesota is going to win. What's your one score prediction? And what do you think is if there's one play or one point or takeaway that happens from this game, what is it? Yeah, I, I guess my prediction, sorry, but I'll go, I'll go 24, 17 Minnesota. Um, I've said it throughout the podcast. I think the Gophers coming on top. I, I think it. I think you made a great point, Jake. I mean, the missed tackles. I think they had 18 against Nebraska. I don't think they had as many against Purdue. But you know, if, if you let missed tackles get in this ball game, I, I think that's maybe the X factor there. Um, Wisconsin's been real sloppy in, in that facet of the game the last couple of weeks. So um, I'll pick Minnesota and I'll say missed tackles. Uh, when you look back, uh, when the dust settles on Sunday morning, that's that's the biggest culprit. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling Wisconsin in this. I don't know why. Uh, I it's a gut feeling. Uh, all signs point to, and I I mean, you and I've DM'd each other and, and to unveil the curtain on this, folks, in this podcast. There's one time where I said during the past couple of weeks that I thought Wisconsin could could lose by three scores to Minnesota with that passing attack. I think it was during Northwestern Minnesota for sure last week uh, when they went up twenty one nothing. I also uh, just against Penn State uh, and what they did before holding on. So I think they could lose by that much, especially if turnovers rear their ugly head. But really, I don't know. I think just with the motivation there on the line, I think the ground game for – I don't think Minnesota has faced a team that 
it could pound the ball just like Wisconsin can, especially now in these last few games. I think Wisconsin's really hit something with the combination of jet sweeps, some wildcat looks. They're they're given different wrinkles. And in my personnel breakdown last week, uh, this week I should say, we noted there are eight different personnel groupings that Wisconsin utilized to put on film. And I think that's going to be key for them. Uh, and we'll see what the conditions hold. I think the snow helps or the rain could help Wisconsin in this regard, but you know, they have to wrap up. Uh, I think, you know, based off of what I'm hearing with practice, I'm sure the energy for Minnesota is just as high, maybe even more uh, with, with Fleck and what he does over there with that program. But I, I think Wisconsin squeaks out a, a close win. But then again, like I said, I, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go 28, 24 Wisconsin. And, but, you know, I'll be honest too. I could see a, you know, 38, 21 Minnesota win too, but I'm going to go Wisconsin with the win 28, 24. They head to Indianapolis and we provide you big 10 championship coverage next week. But uh, John, real quick before we have to let you go, what's coming up for badgerblitz.com this week. Yeah, you know, we got a lot of stuff up on, on the side already with uh, recruiting, and, you know, that's going to carry on throughout the rest of the week. You know, obviously, you're getting up to, many, to Minneapolis to cover the game. Um, you know, high school basketball is kicking off, so I plan on getting out to some stuff uh, potentially as early as this weekend, um, and then we'll have some some of that rolling out, and then, you know, we'll find out if, if we're going to be doing any coverage for uh, the Big Ten title game uh, from Sunday moving forward. So, you know, plenty of coverage coming up, and, uh, we'll we'll keep the site packed with coverage. As always, go to wisconsin.rivals.com for John on Twitter at McNamara Rivals, me at Jake Coco, and of course the official Badger Blitz account at Badger underscore Blitz. And then for this podcast, listen on Apple, Google, tune in, Spotify, subscribe. It's free. All it means is that when you go and want to listen, uh, and once we upload a new episode, like we will later today on Wednesday night. What'll happen? It'll instantly go to your desktop, laptop, tablet, iPad, iPhone, Android phone, wherever you have that subscription button available. You get it right away. And especially when you're traveling, uh, if the kids are playing their switches or tablets or whatnot, tune in and and enjoy as we make travels. So on that note, folks, you guys have a great week. Guys, we're thankful to have you guys be part of the Badger Blitz family. Thanks for listening. Safe travels. Be good to each other. Be kind. Uh, watch out for uh, just traffic this week, especially with the inclement weather coming. We'll talk to you soon on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.